this why you sabotaged my ship? Oh, it has not been sabotaged. We... We had to make some changes in it to adjust it to us. You said we? Yes, of course. My chief scientist and his crew. I am their queen. You are going to be their king. <laughs> You'll enjoy living on Scalus. What about my ship? My crew? Oh, in a few of their moments, they will realize that you vanished. They will look for you. They will not find you. You're accelerated far beyond their power to see. So they'll go on without you. Don't be so stubborn. You cannot go back to them, ever. Is it so dreadful a prospect? Hello, and welcome to Snap Trek, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the universe's premier science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi, Ross. How's it going? It is good. All the better for speaking to you and having watched two brilliant Star Treks to talk to you about. Yes. Yeah, this is an interesting one. (laughs) It is a good one. It is a good one. This is, uh, I think this is one that's probably always going to be done, uh, even just based on the name. So there's right, a clue. Yeah, there's a would... clue for you. There's a clue for you guys. <laughs> there's a there's, there's a similar titles. That's a good point. Even if you didn't know what the two were about, mm. you might guess that they you were guess, related. So. And they are related, but they're also completely different, which they I are love too. Totally different. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? We compare two episodes of Star Trek using a variety of categories. And for each category, we select a scene or character or idea or prop, which we think is great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. We could discuss anything up the end of Picard Season 1, so beware of spoilers. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Though Snap Trek is a competition where we award points, it's played just for fun. There are no prizes or trophies. The real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and perhaps look at the episodes in a new way. Jen, would you like to tell everyone how to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at EdaQuarks. And I am Taborg at STRTRK1701. You can get in touch with me on Twitter or... You could send us your Star Trek poetry, your ideas for categories, uh, your ideas for comparisons to at SnapTrack on Twitter. We love to hear from you. Uh, we're always interested to hear, hear what you think and hear ideas for new comparisons. Today, Jen and I will be podcasting at different rates of speed. Jen will be moving so quickly she will already have finished recording by the time I tell you that we are snap-tracking episodes which find our crews dealing with species that exist within an accelerated rate of time. This is going to be a hard one to edit. (laughs) Sorry, should I I shorten that down? (laughs) I just made it by four and both at different rates. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yeah, I'll have to uh, to do some fancy editing for that. Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) I wish I won those tapes that Spock had. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be easy to speed up things and slow them down. <laughs> All okay. Right. 
Are you going to do that? Are you going to do some special effects on this? I can <laughs> Okay. That, I've gotten that out of my system. I'm sure we can do that at some point. Right. Okay. Jen, tell us what you watched, what episode you saw. I was lucky enough to watch uh, TOS Season 3, Episode 11, Wink of an Eye. Mm. And uh, similarly, I was lucky enough to watch Voyager Season 6, Episode 12, Blink of an Eye. <laughs> Two episodes which are which rhyme, which is lovely, um, and have a, a similar conceit, but they deal with it completely differently. And I do, I do love the ways they dealt with them, and I think they dealt with them in very ways that suited the series at hand. So I think Voyager yeah. was a very Voyager episode, and the TOS episode was very TOS. Yes, exactly. Yeah. TOS was, it was less concerned with the the high concept sci-fi conceit. You know, yeah. it, it, it was more like this. This is this is how these aliens are now. Let's tell a story about that. <laughs> Exactly. Instead of it being like the focus, and and Voyager's really good at that high concept sci-fi. Yeah, and and of all of the episodes of Voyager, this might be the highest concept. I mean, from <laughs> so many different angles, this is pure science fiction. I love it. There are so many different ideas within this episode, which could have been episodes in their own right. Yeah, but we'll yeah. definitely talk about this later on. I'm sure, definitely. Commander. I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. As ever, we begin each podcast with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Jen, do you have a lyrical recap for Wink of an Eye? I do. I have a good old limerick <laughs> for Wink a of an Eye. jolly old limb. Jolly old limb. <laughs> Oh my goodness, okay. So here is my lyric for Wink of an Eye. Captain Kirk faced an invasion from the wrong side of a temporal dilation. The queen duty bound after a fleeting time found that the solution was just resignation. Oh, that's good. That was, that was nice, but it was sad at the end. It is because it was sad at the end. It is sad at the end. They just send them back to their planet and wave yeah. goodbye. I know, but he does that so often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was very good. I'm, I'm glad we're getting some limericks in. I feel like we've <laughs> we've we've gone highbrow ourselves with all these different kinds of poems we've been offering. <laughs> That's a good point. Back to basics here. Back to basics. Uh, and so, similarly, I have produced a limerick for oh, Blink of an Eye. It has a title. It's called. There was a weird planet where time moved very fast, and so did the people who lived there. Yay! (laughs) Okay. The weird planet displaced in time. Voyager becomes fixed in their sky. Light bringer, ground shaker, doctor, baby maker, a whole life in the blink of an eye. Oh my god, that was so good. (laughs) I did R&R about doctor, baby maker. I was like, is that too much? No, no, just enough. (laughs) Oh my god, that was really good. Thank you very much. I like that. Uh, every time they they say ground shaker light bringer, I always um hear it to the tune of um that Pet Benatar song Heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're a ground shaker, light bringer. 
<laughs> I don't know why. We 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 missed that that phase of the of the rock music evolution of the planet. I don't know what the planet was called. <laughs> they, they skipped over a lot of the pop culture. Yeah, stuff. they really did. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Well, um, and you got their nursery rhymes. Oh yeah, I love that. So it's good. We'll talk about that. We will talk about. All right, let's do this. You ready to do yeah. some categories? Yeah, <laughs> fire away. What's, what's category number one? Okay, let me take a look here. Well, you know what? Let's talk about our our, our friendly or not so friendly alien <laughs> aliens that we encounter. Uh, let's talk about the best ship invaders. And Ross, who are the best ship invaders in Blink of an Eye? So... The best ship invaders, I mean, are they even invaders? They're explorers. Tarina <laughs> and Gitana Rets, explorers in the finest traditions of Star Trek. These guys could have been regular crew. Um, mm-hmm. And at the, there's a point where Gitana Rets is deciding whether he is going to, you know, is he going to go back home? His life is going to be so vastly different. And you thought maybe there's a, Maybe there's a place for him on Voyager. They definitely let him stay. This could be a whole new lifestyle for him. But these two guys, they go up in a very like small sort of 60s-esque cosmonaut-looking module, and they are flying to discover their planet's sort of wildest, most unbelievable uh, mystery. We are going to find out what's going on. And as they're powering up through the sky, they start. They lose contact with the ground for reasons they don't understand. But Tarina just powers on. She's like, no, let's carry on. Let's go. We could get up there. I saw a docking point. We can go in. And he's a little bit nervous, Katana Retz, but he goes with it because he knows it's the right thing to do. And it's just this beautiful moment where they dock and they are looking through the ship and seeing all of the crew in stasis, or mm-hmm. from their point of view, stasis, and they're sort of piecing together what's going on. They're like, well, what is this? Uh, you know, are they alive? They are alive. She feels warm. Are they in stasis? It doesn't seem like stasis. They're all in the middle of their daily business. And then they realize they must be running at a different rate of time. They figure this out within just a few minutes of walking around the ship. And then, of course, that they are brought into our time frame by being so far away from their own time frame. And it's so sad that Tarina passes away through that. But we spend so much time with Katana Retz. He is such a wonderful character. He's the kind of person you wish you could hear more of. But because the nature of the storyline, we can never see him again. He he only existed for the for the brief 45 minutes that Voyager was stuck in the atmosphere. It's so sad because he was such a great character. And at the end, he's an old man and he's died. But from their point of view, oh my God, it's just mind bending. I loved it. Best Ship Invaders, Tarina and Gatana Retz, honest to God explorers, whom Mm -hmm. you could have watched them, their preamble to their launch, their launch up. Gatana Retz's return, that's a sci-fi in its own right. But, I mean, that would have oh, been amazing. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that, their whole mm. story. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're so great. I mean, she, you're right. I, I mean, they they both fit in so well. 
<laughs> they could they could be Starfleet officers. Yeah. And I think that, 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 that I love that we see that evolution, you know, from the very beginning of their civilization to the culmination in these two amazing, incredibly intelligent, incredibly thoughtful people that get that go on to Voyager. And uh, and I love Gatana Rett so much. I just I, I, I love that he I love that he has those doubts about himself. He has that imposter syndrome. Yeah. That, you know, that I, 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 ha- I have a lot of times, you know, and I think that's pretty common. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Feel. And even though he's, you know, she, she tells him, you know, you're here cause you're our best pilot. And, and he's, you know, <laughs> but that but was he, a funny bit. It's just like, yeah. it's just like this. And he cuts her off. He's like, it's not like that. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> she's but, like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was so, she was so she was, she was such an explorer, you're right. And 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 he was so, you know, once he knew, you know, figured out what happened, he's, you know, he did she, he stepped she up was to the such plate. a Jane way. She was like in charge, yeah. we're doing this. This is our opportunity. Let's do it. Right. Right. She was great. Yeah, and and she helped she helped him uh, you know, get get through that 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 fear. <laughs> That initial fear, because because you know because way he's 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 like oh man we shouldn't be here you know because this is really <laughs> you know this is the skyship too you could tell I mean this is like a, a not not in a religious sense but it's a sake to him probably yeah, but it's like absolutely. a sacred place I in think their that culture was, that was what was holding him back he's like yeah, should we know yeah. he's looking for be- a reason not to go in there yeah. like oh well we weren't ordered to go in or we shouldn't be here but in reality they should have been there they need right. to figure this out. You can't just have this mystery dangling above you and then fly up there and think, oh, let's go back down now. You have right. to go in. So Torino's spot on. Katana Retz, you know, he, he lived up to his explorer uh, credentials. Oh. Yeah. Just brilliant. Yeah, and, I love those guys. And he doesn't have an haul. He's, he's, he said, you know, Janeway asked for his help, and he's like, of course I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he steps up. And, and, and when they realize that, you know, that their only shot is if he goes back and tells his people, you know, stop firing on Voyager. What's going on? And he does it. He doesn't even hesitate. There's no hesitation there. No, he's just he's like, it was great to meet you. Um, you know, and he goes down and gets the job done and saves the day. And and um, and and the ending. You you touched on the ending when it's just him as an old man looking up and Voyager leaves Voyager orbit. Oh my God, that ending I mean, gets me every time. What a beautiful way to so end that. It's so good. That is history so being made. I mean, you can imagine so, that as a science fiction, yeah. you know, suddenly a starship's above us. If that happened to us, <laughs> the world would be in turmoil. We'd be going crazy. We'd be getting people up there, you know, ASAP. I mean, they're doing a launch right now, aren't they? Trying to get somebody up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it such an interesting thing. And then the fact that yeah. he went up there and then got lost and no one heard from him for 50 years. And then he comes right. back the same age. That's right. like two thousand. <laughs> that's like 2001 mind bending. Wonderful. Oh, so good. Oh, I love who, them. I love who who did you have for best ship invaders? Okay. So I actually do have invaders. <laughs> you do. They're g- genuine invaders. Genuine invaders. Yeah. Invaders in the sense of an, and, uh, in, in intent, <laughs> uh, we have the Scalosians uh, in wink of an eye here, and they're they're pretty tricky invaders too because this this is something that that they know how to do and they've done before. Uh, they basically lured the Enterprise there with a dis- distress signal, 
and uh, got them to, you know, beam down to the planet and then beamed back up to the ship for the sole purpose of taking over the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the very, very nefarious motives of keeping them uh, all as breeding stock, basically. Yeah, well, obviously. That's, that, um, that was most episodes of TOS, wasn't it? They just wanted to breed yeah, with Captain true. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Standard. I mean, he, he probably knew that. Standard thing. Yeah, yeah we kind of guessed. could guess yeah. that's what the it was. <laughs> no, but... Um, but there... Um, so, but the third... I mean... Are... Like, you, you know, you spoke specifically about... Um, about the personalities and the, the the big the best personality we have here is is obviously the queen mm-hmm. uh, Dila, and she's a really really interesting character um, to me because she's a she's definitely a villain but she's also a very sympathetic villain. Yeah, I would I mean, say they're in a they're in a tricky scenario. This yeah. just isn't the best way of dealing with that problem. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, their their plan is 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 insane and, and horrifying. Yeah. But also, she honestly believes that she's doing what's best for her people. Mm-hmm. Um. And what's I, I think I think she's more been conditioned by her society that that's what her duty is is yeah. to, you know to find these men to breed with. And I think she's finally um, she finds it I, difficult as well to because her the. She has the partner whose name escapes his name escapes me. Real, real, or Riel. Riel. I think she calls him Riel. And, and they sort of have this weird sort of love hate thing going on, and they're either they either want to be together or they're not going to be together because she has to be with somebody who's going to be able to breed, and it's just it is horrible. It's quite unpleasant, <laughs> and they never really resolve that sort of weird weird tension. Yeah, they don't resolve anything in this episode, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so the plan is, but she also like like you, you, this isn't something she wants to do. No, you know she it, it, it's just something she thinks she has to do, and she's just very misguided <laughs> with that. Um, and you know she talk because she talks about how you know like I'm doing my duty and you do your duty, and that's you know that's just what there are lots are <laughs> in life basically oh, that's depressing, um, isn't it? which is horrible and and, and i'm not to, not to say that she's she's not intelligent i, I, don't, I don't really have enough information to <laughs> rag on her intelligence but it also seems like she doesn't have any like agency about about this the only she she but she does something interesting she 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 takes the only the only piece of agency that she has is being able to pick who she mates with. Yeah. So I, you know, and, and she even says that someone from the, it has to be someone from the ship. So just, pick yeah. One, you know? but she, yeah, but she, you know, she, but, and, and, um, yeah. And she calls Captain Kirk pretty at one point. <laughs> I want to keep this one. He's pretty. Oh, he's <laughs> pretty though. He's definitely pretty. Funny. He is. He's very pretty. I get it. <laughs> but she said, but there's a, there's a line that I really like uh, from her. She says, um, she says, "Allow me the dignity of liking the man I se- I select." You know, mm, yeah. think about what a like, sad thing that is to say. That's I like know. the only thing she has that she thinks she has. Did he damage you, Captain? No. How very fortunate for you, Rhea. Don't you 
you dare do anything like that again. It's contemptible. And don't torment me. You know how I feel. I don't care what your feelings are. I don't want to know that aspect of it. What I do is necessary, and you have no right to question it. Allow me the dignity of liking the man I select. She thinks she has to do this, and the only thing that she can do is pick <laughs> pick the man herself. <laughs> you know? um, not realizing that she's taking away the captain's agency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she, you know what I mean? So, so, so there's this weird dichotomy of like, she's definitely truly a villain, but she's also kind of sad, a sad figure. Um, the Scalosians in general are pretty sad, a sad mm. race. It's, it seems like, like they, they, the way they chose to deal with their, <laughs> their issue is, is, is strange to me. Um, it, but, well, it's very weird and it makes yeah. you wonder as well, you know, how long they think that would have worked for if, you know, how, how long could they have waited for a ship to come along? How fast are they moving? Right. Yeah. It seems like they've been doing this for generations too, mm. based on what she says. But, uh, but as far as them invading the ships, they're pretty good invaders because they have a pretty good advantage. This, this, in this episode, right. In this episode, they really use that as a weapon, the time dilation as a weapon <laughs> to their yeah. advantage. You're right. It is. It's like a superpower. <laughs> they can install this device, uh, uh, you know, in the ship, and mess with whatever systems they need. They can, they can bring anyone over to their side by drinking the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, put the water in their uh, magic water in their coffee. But, um, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure. But, um, but yeah. So they they really are pretty good invaders. But also, they had such a uh, <laughs> such an advantage to begin with. <laughs> that, that fantastic scene where Kirk fires the phaser at her. Yeah. And she just sort of demonstrates her power by just stepping out of its she way and the beam slowly goes past her. <laughs> that's such a great, such a great show yeah. of how this works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It was. It was a good visual to, to, uh, to kind of demonstrate like where they are. Another thing they did, which is kind of cool, is, is it every time they were in the, the, the fast time period. Mm-hmm. They tilted the camera, yes. too, which was cool because then you can kind of it, it kind of gave it a little bit of a dreamy feel, you know. So you can kind of see like are you in our time s- space or or in the fast time space, you know? Yeah, so especially when they're it, walking yeah. around people who are just standing there stock still, yeah, like, yeah. being frozen. It does right. have a really ethereal quality to it. Yeah, that's good. All right, so as far as points go. Best ship invaders. Do uh, you know what? I was so convinced I was going to pick Tarina and Gatana Rets, but now, <laughs> now I'm thinking of invaders and supervillains. And <laughs> invaders, yeah. And I, I mean, invaders in the sense of like a non-authorized personnel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily with a nefarious intent. <laughs> no, but I, I do. You know, thinking of how they use, actually use the time dilation effect to their yeah. advantage. This is just their natural status, and they have this advantage over us. I am going to give my point to wink of an eye. Okay. All right. So here's this is something I probably should have said at the very beginning of the show. The, which oh, you're is, about to tell me this is your favorite episode, and he's your favorite character of all time. Yep. <laughs> oh, Ross, you know me so well. <laughs> 
<laughs> I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah. No, no. Wink of an Eye. I'm, yeah, not Wink of an Eye. Blink of an Eye is definitely my favorite episode of Voyager. And it might even be my favorite Star Trek episode of all time. Understandable. It's very good. It. And I love him. Katana Retz is an incredible character. And I'm going to pick him in every... <laughs> um. In every uh, category I can. <laughs> no, I'll try to be fair. No, no, no. Who had the best costume? Guitar Rats. That was Guitar Rats. I should just make all the categories that he was known. <laughs> Straight up, give five points to Guitar Rats. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, no, but that's that's why I wanted to do Wink of an Eye because I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to like. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair up in there but um but yeah but i really i really enjoy we i wink of an eye too it's actually it's actually an episode that i really like uh, of uh, tos but um as far as points go i have to give it to the explorers and in blink of an eye because i really i really like the way i really because they do it too they managed to get in without voyager knowing i mean they didn't realize that that they were making you know using their time dilation (laughs) to to help exactly they don't realize they're doing it but they are doing the same thing and i loved it when you see from harry's perspective like a ship's just appeared i mean it's just appeared it's like out of nowhere and and all of a sudden these two people just just appear on on the the bridge yeah which which I thought was interesting, but but just the fact that they even did it because I would probably be with Katana Rats when they're in the shuttle and, and she's like she's like well there's a hatch let's go in <laughs> and he's like that wasn't part of the mission description I, I, I definitely would have been in with her I'm like go in let's go and find out what's going on find <laughs> I would have made a good team then <laughs> I'm there <laughs> two different uh, uh, different ways of looking at it. yeah because I, I would have been I would because I don't know that I would have that is a very brave thing to do to go into the skyship but based on what you know what how it's been a part of their their culture so they're explorers and they're brave explorers and even Gatana Retz is brave even though you know he he fought against his fears which is what bravery is so yeah. and really it's like so, it's so nice they made him a character like he he could have been such a small character yeah, but the fact yeah. they really they built him up into something more three-dimensional Right. Just very simply by a little bit of his history, a little bit of his personality, and then actually following his life story. Right. He it, it, he's so much bigger than the like what ten minutes of the episode he actually gets. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So yeah, so that, he, that's he, he deserves a point. Deserves a point. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So that that's a good start. We're we're tied up. Wink okay. and blink. One up. Okay, excellent. Okay. <laughs> What's our next category? Well, let's go. So I was just teased it a moment ago. Let's go for best costume. Mm, okay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the best guy? I mean, this, this you've is... got some crackers. Those Galosians. <laughs> what are yeah. they wearing? <laughs> Galosian fashion is very interesting to say the least. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about here in this episode. So first, I would like to mention the uh, the male Scalosian outfit, yeah. <laughs> which is apparently a uniform because all three of them have the same the yeah. exact same outfit on, um, and they look like they look like every like every B movie like sci-fi B movie from like you know the 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like outfit, which makes me laugh, and they also sort of look like 
Batman he- uh, villain henchman. I, com- <laughs> I completely got that. I thought that a number of times I watched the yeah. episode. I got a real it's, Batman vibe. Yeah, a real Batman vibe. It's, and the, I think it's, I, the, uh, it's the angled camera. The angled the ang- camera, yeah. yes. <laughs> I really I got that same Batman vibe. Uh, but these, these men are wearing this, I don't know how to describe it. It's like metallic, like almost like oil slick fabric. Yeah. <laughs> Shirt and pants. Silver shoes, <laughs> but they has this nice detailed trim that like accentuates their shoulders, almost like they're and, and like a little silver like like choker necklace, almost like yeah, like, that's what I remember like, the choker. Like, that's, a, that's a that's a lot of uh, a lot of what's the word? I can't even think of the word I'm trying to think of. A lot of bling. It's a lot of bling. That's it. That's good. <laughs> I had to mention them because they're hilarious, but but definitely the best costume has to be Dila. D- okay, Dila's co- I I adore this costume. I got to tell you right off the bat, it's it's like it's this flowy like springtime. The, the Dila, they really use this costume to really asso- um, make the association of Dila with uh, with flower imagery. Mm-hmm. Because um, she is. That's what she's really. She's a flower that wants to be pollinated, basically. <laughs> you know? I and do that, know. That, that, that nature, you, you know, that, that like basic instinct natureness is mm-hmm. what she represents. You know what I mean? Because that's what this is. It's like her basic instinct to mate. <laughs> and they really play up on this with, with the, fla- the the fabric, the, the springtime colors, the flowers on the fabric, even her little communicator pin, you know, is is shaped like a flower. Um, it's flowy. She has this, this beautiful bit, big jewelry pieces um, and vines. She has vines around her as like a little belt, you know, a little belt around her waist and vines on her, uh, like as like a garter, on, like near her, uh, on her leg, like near her knee. Um, and it's, and it's, it's beautiful, you know, and she does, she has this, it's also very interesting. It, it, her costume reminds me of, I'm crossing the streams here, I know, but it reminds me of a costume that uh, Padme would wear in yes. Star Wars. Because of the fact that it's designed to be distracting. It's designed to distract from the fact that she has a weapon. You know, she has that one, mm-hmm. that one really blousey sleeve that's covering up where she, you know, conceals her weapon, which is pretty cool. Cause, cause the, the whole costume itself is designed to draw your attention to her naked half, basically. <laughs> Yes. Fifty percent naked, but it's meant to draw your attention right there, like to where like the the little um, that little vine belt meets her waist, you know, that her naked hip and naked, you yeah. know, naked uh, half there. And that's where your attention's supposed to go, so that you don't catch the fact that she's got a concealed weapon, you know, in her blousey sleeve, hidden in her blousey sleeve, which I think is really cool. I, I think it's just stylish it's just a, and functional. Exactly, just like Batman, <laughs> and I, I just and I just love that. I love everything about this costume, um, even her hair. Even like her, I, I guess I guess hairstyle is different, but it, it even her hair is meant to, um, meant to like bring to mind like like a flat like a crown of like a flower petals. You know, like oh, she's just it, she's so well styled for the for the, for the character. That she is, and I just adore it. 
I feel completely sold on this because her <laughs> costume is it's one of like the classic eye catching TOS costumes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what you're gonna get from this character. Right. It is very distracting, as you say, because it is bizarrely, you know, <laughs> if, you know, divided down the center. One it is bizarre. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, the whole thing, you've drawn it together really nicely there with your talk of like vine images and flower imagery. It, I, I'm sold. I, I really, I really like it. It's a, it's a really good costume. It's a classic TOS costume and it is, it's a Star Trek costume. It's, wildly <laughs> unbelievable and yet somebody so is seriously wearing it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah it, it, it fits her too and I, I like the contrast between her and the other uh, female Scalosian too like you could tell that she's meant to be the queen like she's more ornamented you know oh yes, um, yes. Too. and I yeah um, I'll talk about that later never mind but yeah, so I, I adore her costume. It, it is a good costume. So, <laughs> what about our weird aliens, our weird planet aliens deep <laughs> displaced in time in <laughs> Voyager? <laughs> well, the I, I mean, shout out one to Tarina and Gitana Retz for the awesome sort of old school cosmonaut outfits they wear when they yes. first board Voyager. Those big sort of brownie, orange. They remind me a bit of the mail-on jumpsuits. I'm not sure whether they might actually be the mail-on jumpsuits. With the big rings around their neck where their helmets fit and the ports where they connect up their, you know, connect up their tubes and their oxygen stuff. That was really, it was like a nice touch of vintage because they are supposed to be sort of, this is their space race, isn't it? This is them from a certain time period sort of about, you know, 1950-esque. They're traveling up into their upper stratosphere. They are using technology which very quickly became outmoded and you wouldn't dream of sending up into space now. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can see that in the in the actual uh, Orbital 1 shuttle yes. too. The, the type of, of switches uh, and buttons that they <laughs> designed that ship with. Yeah, yeah, it had a joystick. He's using <laughs> a joystick to fly it, and then later on, when he when he's traveling back oh, down, God. and his his radio is so now out of date, it's used only for weather broadcasts. Yes, you know, yeah, that they're, they're not seriously using that anymore. Um, and he has to have an argument with the with the weather lady about whether she really <laughs> believes he is who he says he is. But he is about to crash land in the central lake, so you better move everyone out of the way. And that was quite a dig on meteorologists too. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah. like "You're to report more than just the weather. <laughs> Listen up." Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's quite quite a big business. Like, oh man, burn on the meteorologists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I digress. So they were they were good suits. They were, great but my. Suits. My best costume is going to the cold open uh, for the the sort of Paleolithic yes. uh, tribesmen who are what, you know, they're 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 at an altar and they are preparing um, uh, not a sacrifice but a, a gift an offering to their deity and they're laying out the fruit and they just look I mean wild I suppose is the right word I use that word a lot but wild is right. They're wearing sort of brown furs, sort of a stitched together patchwork of furs. But what really draws the attention is their their headpieces, which are just 
they're extraordinary headdresses, and they looks like they're made out of straw or shredded paper. Really huge masses of white string, or and it's just coming right out of the top of their heads, and they just look really extraordinary and really, you know, they capture the idea that this is something which is ritualistic but very ancient and very sort of disorganized and yet something magical is supposed to be happening here. Um, I just really liked that look and I was impressed by the fact they created these costumes just for, what, 90 seconds on the screen where they argue about what's happening as Voyager appears in the sky and then they they decide that the fire fruit is no longer for the people because it must be for this new star in the sky. And that was just stupid. You know, the <laughs> idea that they're just going, oh, well, it must mean then that this fruit is not for us to eat anymore. It's like, that's crazy. No, that, no one would come. That's, that's how that's that's it starts, isn't it? Somebody says something and somebody else believes them and that's yeah. it. That's the end of it. Um, but their costumes looked really, really just bizarre. And I, I appreciated the fact they look so wild. So. Yeah. Best costumes for me are going to... I don't even know what the species is called, actually. I don't know if they ever specify. No. Just, I don't think just they the, do. The, ti- the, the time-dilated species. Um, but uh, I agree. Those costumes are great. It, it, you could really... T- I mean, you tell just by looking at them that these are... This is like a primitive culture. Exactly. Um, but, but also organized. and Like, they're not, like, grunting. No. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, you could tell by the costumes... Before you know, before you even hear them talk, that that it's it's a it's above that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, they, and they've got a societal structure as well because immediately yeah. it's quite like build another altar. I mean, right, can you imagine right. how much work that's involved? Build another altar. I mean, these things are made of bloody stone, man. It's massive. It's going to take me months. Build another one. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, but I, I really love the way they used the costumes. And I mean this the scenery too, but 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 specifically the costumes to also show the way that the civilization was growing. Yeah, you know, and, the costumes and, also change as and they reflected go. in that it's same more. view of the valley. You know, yes. that altar, that altar piece, yes. that, that that location. We that was where we were on the planet every single time. We'd always come down to that spot, and it always looked different. I yeah. absolutely loved that. That was so so good. No. Excellent pick. Okay. Right. Points wise, I'll be honest, Jen, you completely sold me on Dealer's <laughs> costume. I, I, I was almost willing to give you my point for I'd even spoken. But I reined I reined it in so I could at least get some words out. Okay. Well yeah, I yeah, I'm giving my point my point to Dealer too. Um but I really I but I really, like I said, I, I thought they did an excellent job with the costuming. Um on our with our alien friends throughout the centuries and especially and i really did like the um the like you talked about the uh the astronaut suits i thought they were i thought they were really well designed but yeah, yeah but but, but Dila, there's there's something special the way they matched uh Dila's costume to her character and it's a bizarre costume but it's also it's, yeah. memorable and a classic and <laughs> I'll give my point there. Fair. All right. So, wink three, blink one. Honestly, <laughs> in a, a turn of events, I never foresaw. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought blink was going to just yeah, sweep the board. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> but... Okay. 
Okay. But Wink is a memorable episode too. I honestly enjoy it. It's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's a little bit less stakes, I guess. If we're yes. thinking of it. It's a bit more, I mean, it is just, a, it's a standard TOS episode. Yeah. It has a, it has a nice, there's a nice sort of sci-fi twist to it in that yeah. they, they're messing with time. Yeah. Which I but always the, appreciate. Messing yeah. with time. <laughs> but it's, it's up against, you know, as yeah. you said, proper, Possibly the best episode of Star Trek ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's that's why I'm so glad we're doing this comparison because Wink of an Eye came first, and they just, they're like, okay, we're gonna take the, we're gonna do the same thing they did in Wink of an Eye, but we're gonna take the same concept, but came up with this drastically different episode. It's, it's next level because, because they're looking at it not from the point of view of how it impacts the ship. But the point of view of how it impacts the people who are yeah. interacting with the ship. And that's what makes it such a special episode that we follow right. a whole civilization developing right. over 45 minutes, which is it. just incredible, <laughs> mind boggling stuff. And then in the middle of it, Voyager is a static phenomenon, which they all know and they're trying to get out. But oh, God, right. it's so good. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, well, for episode, uh, for category three, let's go okay. for best alien technology. Okay, best alien technology. All right. Well, our Scalosian friends seem to have some pretty good technology considering uh, <laughs> their civilization has been destroyed and there's only five of them left here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we see we see three different pieces of Scalosian technology, basically. Um, so uh, the the you know we see a weapon. So she, like I mentioned earlier, she hides her weapon under her sleeve, mm-hmm. and uh, well, it's a pretty good pretty good weapon. You know, it's got you know stun and kill settings, but it's also you know it also can like knock and like at one point knocks the phaser out of Kirk's hand, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, what setting is that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like with the wind setting. <laughs> so, so it's, you know, but it's still just a standard like weapon. Um, nothing really special there. Uh, they have those flower comb badges, which I talked about earlier, which I'm actually really fond of the design of. <laughs> I mm. think they're neat. <laughs> yes. They're really good. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and it's the, it, but they, and it looks like they, they, they do a good job. Everybody presses the same, button when they're talking to each other but there's other buttons on there and i always you know wondered like what other things that that little flower can do that's a really good point i think there's some opportunity to you know to expand on that but my best alien tech has to go to this magical device that can somehow turn the entire enterprise into a cryogenic chamber Cold enough to, I guess, cold using cold, cold enough to to uh, keep everyone on the ship in suspended animation, um, basically being used as their, you know, to use the Enterprise as their built-in freezer where they store their man pops. Which <laughs> 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 is like a crazy concept, but it's also a really piece of technology that can do that. Like that takes a lot of energy. Freeze, like. Like to make things cold takes a lot of energy. What and... kind of devious mind would think of this plan? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just freeze the entire ship, 
And then when we need another man, we'll just defrost <laughs> the next available one. I want uh, you'd be fat. You'd be bad. Like, oh, we've defrosted you, so you can help us rebuild the planet. Oh, I'm, you're the last one on your ship. We have to get another ship after you. <laughs> Why am I the last one? What's wrong with me? Well, you think too if they have freezing technology, and they, I mean, they could like freeze like sperm samples. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to like kill people. Yeah. I guess. But anyway, oh, I guess then because then you wouldn't. Well, I guess. Never mind, I'm not going to go into like speedy. Yeah, that. it could get really <laughs> weird. Start uh, really thinking about these these conceits. It, it, it starts <laughs> to fall apart. Let's not go there. <laughs> but, but still, yeah. they, they thought about it, but the easier way was to, be to freeze the entire ship. That was the easier best way. That was the only thing that was going to work. The other way, no way. But but so but think about it, just this one little like like box basically that can somehow manage to I guess it works with the ventilation system of the Enterprise because it was in mm-hmm. the life support room so yeah. you just attach this box to your life support and you can make it cold enough to keep things in suspended animation and it also has a built in like I don't want to say force field because it's not it's it's just but it's some kind of like safety device where if you touch it it, it it wasn't clear if, if Kirk, based on his uh, <laughs> on uh, William Shatner's uh, reaction, I wasn't sure if he's being electrocuted or frozen. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to differentiate based on facial expression which one of those things is happening to you. Well, maybe, you maybe a little bit more twitching if you're electrocuted. Yeah. He was doing a little too much twitching <laughs> for me because <laughs> she talks about his hands being almost frozen. But I, don't I know think I was, think like... it was there. Yeah, I think it was getting cold, and they were touching it, and they didn't realize it was cold because it was. It's still moving. It's moving quickly as well. But I, oh. I, I, got, that, I got that impression that it was moving quickly. The fact and that it was it would affect him more. I, 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 I wasn't entirely sure, but I got the impression that it was also moving at a faster rate of speed. Yeah. But I, I wasn't sure. Oh, maybe it could. If it's moving, if it's also moving at a faster rate of speed, maybe it can conserve energy too. Because if it only has to uh, cool, like you have to use less. Um, uh, less cooling for the for their time period than you would in the fast moving time period, Maybe. you know. Because I can I can cool something for just a few seconds in their time period. Yeah, and then they'd be frozen. Yeah. Well, you don't really think about. Yeah, let's not let's not dwell on that. But uh, but uh, the engineering is also just very very impressed that this piece of technology exists. So <laughs> that's my. It's it's a good piece of tech, and it looks it looks quite it looks quite vintage actually as well that technology because it, it looks like it's just a big piece of pipe stuck to yeah. a box, right, which it is. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. But there's okay. you know there's something there's all kind of stuff inside the box we didn't get to see. Oh yeah, who know we no idea what's going on inside. <laughs> yeah, there's um, not even like a like a meter to like measure how cold it is. Or whatever. It's, no, it's literally just a box. It's just it's just on off. <laughs> It's cold or off. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Deep freeze or (laughs) off. Um, So for Blink of an Eye, Best Alien Tech, uh, shout out to Protector Kellermain. He tries to send a message via a hot air balloon to the ground shaker. I thought that was a cute idea. You know, and he's just so full of 
hubris and arrogance and he's like <laughs> looking to the gods as if they were the same as him if they're protectors as well but i appreciated the idea it's like i need to send a message to god let's just fill up our air balloon and pop a pop a yeah, road, road road in it. yeah I so i like that the idea and i thought <laughs> I that was a nice that. use of like t- a nice use of technology to do something extraordinary right. Right. um i do want to shout out to I mean, the orbital one. What what a great yes. what a great piece of tech. Classic old school space mission. Gorgeous two man pod joystick and technology that's <laughs> so dated. Uh, yeah, you know, by the time he returns, he can't speak to anyone. I really like right. that. Um, and I liked, although we never saw these, I love the fact they had uh, Skyship Friends action figures. Yes, and, they did. and I'm not sure whether that counts as technology, but I thought. We so rarely get action figures oh, referenced. Yeah. Uh, I, I was pretty pleased with that. Yeah, those, what, those are great. I, I, yeah. I would have yeah. <laughs> loved to play with those. I lived on I that planet. regretted we never got any of the Marauder Mo Ferengi action figures. I, I really <laughs> thought there was an obvious opportunity right? for merchandise there. Right. <laughs> um. And some Skyship Friends, you know. Now a series, might as well do a series of Skyship Friends. Anyway, oh, no, I, oh, I love it because I, I, whenever I picture Gatana Retz's crib, you know, I'm picturing Voyager and then the little Skyship Friends hanging off the exactly. little Voyager. It's so yeah. cute. We should have that. Anyway, <laughs> we should. What I have selected is so the same hill where the tribes people are have the altar and where Kellermaine is trying to send his hot air balloon. Later on, they just build a beautiful old-school observatory, golden observatory, and it's got two wonderful characters in it who are... They can can look through the enormous magnificent telescope and they can see that Voyager is some sort of vessel. It's not a mystery in that sense anymore that, like, what is it? Is it a star? They know what it is. They know it's a starship. They just don't know where it's from or what it's there for and why it doesn't contact them but they are desperately trying to contact it and they are on a radio station, a radio uh, and they're sending out um, prime number sequences and elemental constructs. And that's just such a, that is just what we would do. That's what we do, isn't it? We, we, we send that information <laughs> send out prime numbers. We want the people to know that we know we figured this out. This wouldn't just happen randomly send out prime numbers. Um, and then the younger of the two characters, it's like, why don't we send them a, just a message from the heart? Send them something nice that they don't want to hear. And then later on, we hear that message. And it was so wonderful to like, he did send it and they did hear it. And the whole, the shock of the fact that by the time they've decoded that message, the two characters have aged and died. They're, they've gone. But they've, you know, their message has lived on and has it reached the people they were trying to contact. I call you that, hoping at least you're not enemies. There's nothing on our world that resembles your technology, so we assume you came here from a nearby planet or a distant star. Our ancient mythology describes your arrival centuries ago, coinciding with the tremors that continually shake our planet and destroy so many of our accomplishments. I hope that was never your intention, but the result is the same. 
Respond if you can, or if you wish, come down from your skyship and visit us. But it's still so wonderful that they did they did contact them and it worked for them. So I cho- I chose the uh, observatory and the radio and the fellows in it. That is a wonderful pick. I love those two so much. And yeah, it's 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 so lovely that that their message got heard. And it's also so so sad that they'll never know. <laughs> I know. You know. Oh, it it, it it's it, they're they're funny. You know, you can you can see. You know, people from SETI having that same conversation. You know, in the, like the early days yeah, of SETI, they all sent out their own personal messages at SETI. You know, prime number sequences, prime number, and then they sent out. You know, this is ACDC, and they've just been powering out right. back in black out into space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know they're, they're you know they're getting closer and closer to towards warp technology. You know, which is mm-hmm. always our cutoff for. <laughs> civilizations you know advanced civilizations here with prime directive and everything and um and that's that seems so just just so it, it's it's so poignant because it's a conversation that that everyone's probably had about aliens you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and but also like we know what they something they don't know about those particular alien you know that the particular skyship and oh i love it and i love how the one guy like his grandfather didn't want to hear anything about <laughs> the reality of it and you know right. he's, he's talks about how uh you know he would tell stories about how ki- when kids are bad they'll get sent up to the sky ship <laughs> you can totally see that being a story that people use to scare kids into behaving <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we see the observatory later yes gets an upgrade and, and it's looking very yeah. sort of modern and shiny and he's up there um, overlooking the city oh. And it's so nice they kept that static viewpoint for the entire thing, and yeah. you see the whole civilization developing. You see them grow from from you know they lived in whatever primitive structures they lived in in the in the, in the cold open, and mm. by the end it's this futuristic city. But the observatory is there, and oh, I love that. Yeah, great pick. And it is, I suppose, it's very lucky that Voyager got stuck in the forty-five minutes that developed sentient intelligence that could take <laughs> them away, and they weren't there for. <laughs> I don't know, several hours watching the dinosaurs. Uh, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was quite quite a good coincidence that they came right as yeah. the civilization. Uh, Just <laughs> started big, I mean, it could, it could be happening all the time. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, points-wise. Oh, and, well, let's give let's give a shout-out, though, to uh, the, the tech, tech that they used to basically give Voyager a toe. Yes, <laughs> you know what? I didn't. I didn't even think of that. Yes, they did. And he developed the time, the temporal, the, yes! the, the, the machine's right. like, I'm filling my time frame, but I can briefly be in yours. Yeah, and it was. It was just a couple minutes, and then he was gone. But mm. oh, that was great. It, it and, was nice that he got that closure. Like I did yes. it. I went back in time. Everyone yep. believed me. We can figure this out. I got yeah, it. yeah. Because Voyager was only, you know. Uh, you know, only a couple minutes went by on Voyager, but he's, you know, he's been uh, trying to explain to people what's been going on for years mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, and he finally gets to go back. And, and they, they and put we, a little guys, bit of gray in his hair. Yeah, yeah, a little gray in his hair. Guys, we figured out we can give you a toe. <laughs> you can get out. <laughs> and then it happens when he's old, an old man, a few minutes later. Oh, I love it. It was good. Way to go society <laughs> weird <laughs> weird planet society since we don't yes. know what they're called 
All right. All right. Points wise. Where's your point going? I your think alien. I'm going to give it to the old observatory because I really liked that part of the civilization developing. And it's still, mm-hmm. for them, that's still modern technology. Even if by our standards, it's outdated. It's still yeah. modern to them. Same here. I th- that's such a great pick. I, I didn't. I didn't think of that when I was thinking about uh, the alien tech, and I, it's such a great pick. Because yeah, because that's what I mean. They built that inspired inspired by there's the skyship. You know, because yeah. they want to talk to the skyship. It's one of the ways that Voyager has impacted their culture. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's beautiful. I love that. Okay, so yeah, that, my point's going to blink also. Okay. All right, so we are tied up, which is so interesting. Oh my goodness! Did not foresee this. (laughs) I'll have three. (laughs) Wow. Very interesting. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What's our What's our next round? What we looking at? Okay. For For fourth category, let's go with our best cup of coffee. Oh, best cup of coffee. (laughs) This is good. We got a Janeway coffee moment. I feel like I should have his own little theme tune. Um, it's so it's so nice to see this used as like an example of what's happening. Tarina and Gatana Retz enter Voyager's Bridge, and Neelix is pouring a cup of coffee for Janeway, and of course it's completely static. Mm-hmm. And they just stood there and the coffee doesn't move. And as they adjust to our time frame, the coffee is poured, and then the pair suddenly appear on the bridge and the ship appears Dr. Voyager and it's just, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if she even has a sip of the coffee. She's <laughs> pouring it. They appear, she puts it down to the side, yeah. but it's so great to see the coffee users like, Oh, they completely had no idea this was happening. They were literally just going about their daily business and now they are stuck. And it was great. Uh, and you know, nice to see the coffee getting a, uh, it didn't even get a verbal call out, but it was right there. That, that's what we were looking at. Yeah, what a great way to show that they're just moving slower than than uh, than the astronauts. Yeah, you know, you, you see this. In, it's midstream. You know, it's a yeah. really neat. It's actually a pretty neat shot. Yeah, you know, it is good. It's midstream and Neelix, Neelix looking happy, pouring Janeway coffee, and Janeway, of course, looks extremely happy to be getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you know? obviously, yeah, the, favorite thing. The, yeah, yeah. So just just the positions they're in, and she's she's in the you know uh, sitting sitting in the captain's chair, getting her cup of coffee, and and it's it's a really nice way to demonstrate what's going on visually. Mm. It's a great moment. Uh, and your your best cup of coffee? Yeah. So one of the cool things is is I, f- I feel like like your moment is kind of uh, an homage to its uh, namesake episode uh, TOS episode Wink yeah. of an Eye. Uh, because uh, Kirk has a cup of coffee in his captain's chair too, and uh, it's actually actually a very important cup of coffee in the grand scheme of things here, um, because uh, he so he he gets a cup of coffee from from the yeoman and, and he sits down to to drink it and uh, and he hears the buzz you know the buzzing that we've been hearing at this point we don't know well he doesn't know what the, you know mm-hmm. what the buzzing is apparently the buzzing he hears is 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 Dila you know, spiking in his coffee with the, uh, <laughs> fast time juice or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, just, just stuff uh, from their planet. Is it? Yeah. You know, is- so, yeah. They talk about, um, 
volcanic eruptions polluted the water or something. Okay. I hate when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so this magic water that will make you go fast, basically. But it's funny because so so Kirk sits down in his chair and, and this basically he he says, let them take the next step. You know, because they don't know what to do. They know they're being invaded, they don't know what's happening. And he's like, well, you know, there's really nothing we can do, but, you know, wait for them to take the next step, see what they do, and then then react to that. And as soon as he says that, takes a drink of coffee and starts seeing Scotty and Spock moving slower, from his perspective, moving slower yeah. on the bridge. And um, and later on, uh, so, so Sp- Spock, you know, analyzes the coffee, and that's how they, they use the coffee to figure out, uh, oh, uh, you know, this, the water samples we took on the planet have the same compound as that's in this cup, cup, cup of coffee and only this cup of coffee. Um, so they kind of figure out from there that that's what's doing it. And they can kind of figure out an anti- an, uh, an antidote uh, for it from that. Um, so it's an important cup of coffee too. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just like the water, you know, cause the, 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 the guy from the beginning who disappears, it's, it's actually really funny if you go back and watch the cold open <laughs> because he's taking water samples. Yes. And, and yes. then he like washes his hand and like washes his mouth. <laughs> and that's how he gets it and disappears. And it's so funny. That is good. That is good. <laughs> when you go back and watch him in the background, you know, when, you know, when the, uh, the, the big three are talking. <laughs> it's so funny. He's taking water samples and it accidentally like, accelerates through time. Like oh not protocol when you're taking samples is to like yeah. drink some of it, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, oh, these are fine. These tests. What's some random compound? I won't worry about that. Oh yeah, those will be fine. You know, yeah. gotta quench my thirst. But uh, but yeah, but that you know, but then the the coffee and then and that's what you know, and it's kind it's kind of a nice nice homage and blink. And they seem to be drinking the coffee. They're always drinking stuff then for the rest of the episode. Everyone's like having a little sip of something. They're traveling time, then they're not traveling time. Yeah. They're always drinking stuff now. I don't know whether they drink it in coffee, though, or they just take it neat. Yeah. <laughs> Bottoms up. Yeah. <laughs> Spock seems. Oh, what does Spock say about it when he drank it? Oh, it's somewhat stimulating. <laughs> this collosium water tastes good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so a little additive in the coffee. Okay, that is All that right. is. Well, I don't know if it's a good cup of coffee or a bad cup of coffee, but it's certainly a cup <laughs> a of coffee. Coffee moment, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just been cup coffee, cup of coffee moment. Okay, um, I think just for the visual of it, I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Janeway, and she's a she's a coffee aficionado. Actually, Kirk's a coffee aficionado as well. Yeah. He drinks a lot of coffee over the course of TOS. I don't think he loves it quite as much as Janeway. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Janeway. All right. Yeah, I'm giving it to Janeway too because I, I, I just think it was a, just a really neat way to um, give a subtle nod to the TOS episode that you you know took your yeah. sci-fi conceit from. I thought that was a really nice way to do it because it wasn't like in your face. You know, there wasn't like no. a face reference. It was just a quick, you know, like, oh, well, we'll you know, We'll we'll give our captain a coffee moment in her captain's chair too, especially since we have, like you said, like Kirk Kirk was a big coffee guy and Janeway's a big coffee gal, and you know we'll, we'll reference that. And I thought that was really nice, and the visual is really cool. So yeah, the visual is good. Yeah. So all right, so that's two points for Blink. Okay. All right. 
Okay, so going into the final round here, we've got uh, Wink of an Eye has three, and Blink of an Eye has five. Mm, okay. Wow. So this hmm. could be even Stevens, and yeah, I think if it comes even, I really would not expect that. <laughs> but... I thought know. I thought going to the last round, we'd be lucky if Wink of an Eye got any points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, compared, okay. compared to Blink. <laughs> okay, so final category... Best time jumper. Oh, okay. So there are three time jumpers in my episode. We get to see three time jumpers. We've got uh, Kirk, Spock, and Crewman Compton. (laughs) I already talked about (laughs) poor Crewman Compton. (laughs) Has a very, very bad time of it here. Um, You know, he, he doesn't. Doesn't follow like I, I said. He doesn't follow protocol in the cold open, and decides to drink some of the water he's supposed to be taking samples of <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> and dis- disappears. Um, and then we find out later that that he, uh, you know, he was he was taken for the other Scalosian female to mate with. <laughs> well, it's nice um, that he got picked. What? It's nice that he got picked. Kurt got it's- picked. Bowman got picked. Spock and Scotty was like, "What's wrong with us? What's up?" <laughs> well, I don't think Captain got picked. I think he drank the water. Oh yeah, and, true actually. And then he's like, then they're like, "Oh well, he's here. He'll do." <laughs> oh, then, right, right. then when he when he dies, uh, the the the, the Sclosian male is just like, "Ah, eh, we'll find you another one." She's like, "Yeah, okay." Doesn't <laughs> see you know. Whatever. She didn't make a very good impression. Yeah, she wasn't too concerned. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair, fair enough. Whatever. All right, bye, man. You're dismissed. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then there's the, the weird part of the episode where apparently it, it happens that you adjust. You make they call it make the adjustment. After a while, you you start to like, I don't know, be somehow brainwashed into being okay with being. <laughs> removed from your time and and used as breeding cattle maybe it's just <laughs> you can't go back so you've got no you've got no choice you know? yeah they don't really they don't really it's they don't really explain it it seems as it seems as if it's more of like a like an in, like a actual thing that happens not like a resign to it but i don't know maybe you're right yeah but whatever, Crewman Compton was totally on on board until he I keep got calling him Crewman Bowman. I don't know why I keep calling. I've called him Crewman Bowman like three times. Crewman Compton. Compton, right. yeah. Well, I mean, you don't really need to remember his name because he, no. he gets scratched. He gets one little scratch on his gun, <laughs> which is apparently a design flaw in this. Uh, yeah. Plan too, which I guess is why they need so many. You know, keep so many mansicles in their freezer. Just. <laughs> <laughs> One little scratch, and they they age, accelerate, and die, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so he, he's just that's just poor. He just has a poor uh, bad day for poor Crewman Compton there. Um, then we have Kirk, of course, who we talked about drinks the drinks the cup of coffee, and and uh, he was chosen <laughs> by the Queen, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's Captain Kirk. Yeah, um, yeah, and he and he you know he, and he does a pretty good job of of dealing with it. He um. He tries to fake that he's, you know, turned made the adjustment, and uh, you know gives her a kiss and and tries to steal the weapon, um, and uh, and she and you know she doesn't fall for that, um, and then uh, I guess that didn't work, so he had to move on to the next level. 
<laughs> with her. That's what we see in the scene after that. Uh, you know, we end with them kissing, and then we see the next time we see them, he's putting his boots back on. <laughs> She's brushing her hair, so we know what happened there. Oh no, no, no! It's just the time moves so much faster here. <laughs> There's no other explanation for him putting his boots back on. Then he took them off, and they they uh, had some time alone time. Um, but that that seemed to do the trick, though, because you know, then that she she let her guard down enough to believe that he was, you know, on board with the plan. <laughs> Basically, um, and then he was able to steal her weapon and and uh, and you know retake the ship. Um, but he's not my best time jumper. I'm I'm going with Spock for my best time jumper hair mm-hmm. because Spock, man, he he figures out what's happening. You know, like he he he's he's the one who you know he analyzes. He figures out the coffee. You know, thinks it's the coffee. Like that's one mm-hmm. of his theories. Goes test test the coffee, okay. And okay, we've managed to just to figure out it's the water. What does he do? No hesitation, downs that water sample. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> He's going after his man. <laughs> you know, no hesitation. I love that. He doesn't like telling anyone his plan or anything. He just does it. Uh, but yeah, but then, you know, and then he, uh, and well, it's funny too, because then he's like, it, he says that all we talked about, you know, it is somewhat stimulating. He, he calls the water stimulating, you know, <laughs> like he knows he's being like a badass when he just, it was pretty badass, you know, <laughs> it's kind of cute, cute to see. Um, so he does it uh, to get to Kirk, you know, finds Kirk and, and together they, you know, they manage to, uh, to retake the, retake the ship and. And send the Scalosians back, um, back to, you know, their planet. And they're just going to have to deal with it the way they should have just dealt with it, which is, you know, <laughs> the Scalosian race is going to end with you. That's just how it's going to be, you know, <laughs> which yeah, is sad. I mean, but, you know, like, what kind of life is that anyway? <laughs> like, for, for just, Yeah, if they not slowed them down and said, look, you know, find another planet to live on, meet other people, this, this is over. This is all finished. Yeah. It's just, instead, of just beam them down. Bye bye. Yeah. But um, huh. yeah. But, but so then, so then, Spock, you know, and then Spock gives Kirk the anecdote and anecdote, the an an antidote. <laughs> gives Kirk the antidote. <laughs> Tells him a joke. <laughs> the an the antidote. He gives him the antidote. Um, and he goes back in time. I'm uh, back in time. Back to our normal rate of time. Um, and Spock stays. And this is this part. I, I I love this part. Spock stays and decides to fix everything that the Scalosians have have broken on the ship. He goes back and fixes, and he's do. But he's since he's in that accelerated time, it looks like it's happening super duper fast. <laughs> to he everyone uses else. a superpower as well. Yes, which is awesome. And I also think this is. I have my own little headcanon about how much fun Spock had doing this. Like, think about this. You basically have all the time in the world to just fix, like, fix stuff. Like, that's a dream for me. Like, you know? yeah. like he doesn't have to bother with any, he doesn't have to, like, you know, an introvert's dream doesn't have to, like, talk to anyone. He can just get everything, all the little projects done that he needs to no. get done. But the thing is, Spock's dedicated. Can you imagine if that was you? You'd be like, I've got all the time in the world to, to tidy the house. You'd be like, I'm going to spend three days in bed reading. That's true. I'm going to finish yeah. these two books. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I've never watched Lord of the Rings all three in one day. 
it's kind of like what's going on right now. I should my my house should be probably cleaner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mine too. And then it is. But yeah, but yeah, but you know, Spock uh, was just dedicated and and oh, fixed yeah. everything. It's so funny because I just I had this headcan of him like fixing, like not just fixing the sim- systems that the Sclosians broke. Like he takes time and fixes everything he's been that's been bothering him. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> does a few experiments on the side, <laughs> does all this stuff, and then and then as soon as he's finished, you know, uh, just materializes on the bridge and and they're good to go. Um, and I, I just I get a really big kick out of Spock in this episode. Just, just it's just another example of how like wherever Kirk is, whatever's happening to Kirk, he's going to be there for him. And I love that. I just love I love the just the lack of hesitation he had, and just oh, there's the water. I'm drinking Knock it. it. Back. Knock it back. Yep, I love it. So that that's my pick. It's a good pick, and Spock is. <laughs> Spock is legendary in this uh, this episode, so it's it's great to see him do his thing, um, and just yeah, just go with it, going around <laughs> fixing stuff. That's such a cool thing to do. And they show like all the little buttons, like all the blinking lights in the um, you know on the bridge, like going on and off, you know, as if like he's doing stuff. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> all right, what about the blink of an eye? Okay, so I also had three people who are considered time mm-hmm. jumpers. Uh, Tarina and Gitana Retz, who I've already spoken about. And Gitana Retz would be my runner-up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have... I mean, we spoke about it a lot, but we could have told this whole story from his perspective, mm-hmm. and that would have been amazing. We'd have, I'd have been there for that as well. You know, it's a major sci-fi. It's like That's contact. Too. It would have been huge. Yeah, like I'd totally have watched that. For sure. Um, However, we also had a member of our own crew who was a time yeah. jumper, the Doctor. <laughs> the Doctor, who is who will not be affected by the time dilation because of his holographic nature, supposed to be beamed down for three days, and then there's a slight mishap at the at the uh, transporter station, and Torres and Jamie have a little chat. And I remember thinking, God, this is taking a long time. And, you know, he's going to have been down there for a while. And they I was beam getting him back up. Yeah. <laughs> they beam him back up. And immediately he's just like, Captain! And he gives her a massive hug. And he's been down there for three years. He went down there for three days. And he's been down there for three years. And that is, he's created a life for himself. He wasn't just down there figuring out, you know, not knowing what to do or how to act. He was down there living. Yeah. And, you know, he he has a son called Jason. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like we missed out his entire quote-unquote real life. Yeah. This yeah. could have been a fantastic sitcom. This could have been a series. <laughs> we could have watched, This could have been a whole film. Yeah. They beam him down, and he lives a life among an alien culture, and he is so alien. He is from another planet, another time. He is another form of life. Wow. And yet he's just going to have to fit right in. That could have been a whole episode too. That could have been a whole episode. and An episode which would have been so good. So um, good. And I absolutely love the fact that they found him by scanning music halls and yes. opera houses. Yeah, it's like oh my god, he because he hasn't just been down there researching and figuring things out. He's been down there living. 
Right. Um, yeah. And, and that's, and that's demonstrating he chose to build a life for himself near the cultural district, yeah. you know, cause of course he exactly. did. <laughs> and it's nice that he gets the opportunity to perhaps do something that, yeah. because we always think of cares as being the short, the, 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 the creature with a short lifespan who has to fit more in, but we forget the doctor's even younger than her really. Right. Yeah. That's a good he only gets turned on immediately. Uh, following their arrival in the Delta Quadrant. He's never known anything else other than Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. And he's supposed to be developing and becoming a sentient creature in his own right. But he has he has intelligence but no frame of reference. But this is his opportunity to do things for himself for the first time ever. And he made a massive success of it. How wonderful that he's done that. I'd have absolutely... You know, he's not... He's not just a great, you know, character. He's a great time jumper. He's made the most of of time travel. Uh, so for me, it had to be the Doctor. He was brilliant, and even though we didn't see any of it, I really felt like it was massive and important. Mm-hmm. Oh, great pick! Yeah, and he, yeah, and like you said, you know, he does. He builds a life for himself. He has a landlord. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> He has a, yeah, my uh, roommate. Yes, that was really cute. Oh, Janeway's like, that's fine. You were there for three years, man. You're not going to get any argument, you know, from, yeah, from me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he has, a, and like, can you find out what happened to Jason? He was yeah. my son. I'm like, what? Jason? <laughs> where, did you get, where did that name come from? Who's Jason? I, I looked up the episode Real Life to see if that kid was called Jason. Oh, like that kid was called Jeffrey. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he just you know I picked a name from his culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I just I just love that he he was so. I mean, it, you t- you could tell how much Jason Jason was in his heart that you know he, he even though he knew Jason was had been dead for you know hundred years or whatever when Katana Reds was going back, he still wanted him to maybe look up his ancestors even and. And that must be a special, bizarre kind of pain to arrive somewhere and then to know within a few minutes your entire family is dead. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, just to just by the very nature that you're there, they must be dead. That's sort of, that's the oh kind of thing you, when you deal with films like Interstellar and there's time dilation and time travel and Star Trek so usually just gets around that. We have warp drive, <laughs> we have star date, everything mm-hmm. just fits together. We can travel faster than light. And the, the relativity of the, the the problem has been completely solved. Mm-hmm. But here it hasn't been solved. And oh it's God. so nice that he just looks upon it so positively. Like, I had a life. I met people. I had a son. He lived a life. And I'd love to know what it was like. And I, I always think, too, about, like, it, it, you know, it gets the three days go by and, and they don't pick him up, you know, and 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 just the more time would pass, the the you know the less likely he thinks it is that they can get him. Probably, mm. you know, as so you start building your life, but then also one seeing Voyager up in the sky, knowing that they're still there, must have must have been comforting. But also yeah. also B, you know, at literally any time you can just be beamed back up. And your I life did is wonder, over. Like, what was he doing when like when he's being beaten? It could have been on stage, could have been having a <laughs> chat. Who knows what was happening? Right. Yeah. 
So that must have been a scary way to live too, you know, for those three years. Yeah. As as the one, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, well, I don't want to get too close to people if I'm just going to leave, but then, you know, I could be here for Lord knows how long. It could have been there conceivably for hundreds of years. Right, yeah. If it had taken them half an hour. Yeah. Oh, and I just remember the first time seeing that episode too, just just being like, oh my God, all this time is going by. Get the doctor back, get the doctor back. I know. But it was so nice that it just all worked out and that he was, he was a, I mean, it's just wonderful. He had a life and he enjoyed his life and he made the best of it. And I do wonder what he told, you know, what he told the people he was close to. (laughs) Because presumably, if he had a partner, she must have been like, I've noticed you never eat anything or need to (laughs) bathe or 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 sleep. Or take off this little uh, thing you call a mobile emitter. (laughs) I mean, he's more like a vampire than he's a human. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know, but oh, that's a great pick. Okay, points. Uh, you know, I want to mention as well, sorry, before he goes, yeah. they didn't know what the species looked like when they beamed him down. Yes. And he said, what do they look like, big, big blobs of purple protoplasm? <laughs> It's like, well, you'll look like the most handsome big blob of purple protoplasm there is. Like, <laughs> he's just like going for it. And it's so well, lucky right. they were humanoids. Yeah. You know, we knew what they looked yeah. like, but they didn't know what they looked like. Because yeah. it looked like anything. You'd have come back as a dinosaur or anything. Oh, would have been wild. It's just, oh, just need a little forehead. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, yeah. Thank, thankfully, it's a Star Trek alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. Okay. Point-wise. Point. You know, I love Spock, and I love I love that he used the superpower uh, for good, but the Doctor used the superpower for extraordinary. So it's got to, for me, it's got to be the Doctor. Yeah, I agree. So both of these characters, Spock and the Doctor, did very, very brave things. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was brave of Spock to just drink that water, you know, not knowing if, if the anecdote would work. He did. The antidote would <laughs> keep doing that. The antidote <laughs> would work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he would come back and he'd be able to come back. He, he was just running towards Kirk. Um, and that was a brave thing to do. And, um, and the doctor, you know, going down to that planet was a very brave thing to do, too. You don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and it did, you know, some something did go wrong there but he he spent three years he was never like like he made the most of it and he brought back all the data that they could possibly need too you know he had all the Mm -hmm. seismic data they needed but he also had medical knowledge because you know because of course he was a doctor and he studied their their medical journals too and and which came in handy he probably saved Gatana Reds's life he couldn't save uh, um, I'm sorry what's the other astronaut's name Tarina yeah, like, couldn't save Tarina's life, unfortunately, but no. it was a good, you know, was able to save uh, Katana Ressa's life and was able to help him make the transition back to his time. You know, gave him whatever hypospray he gave him, and and um, and it was really useful to the mission and very brave. And and it's kind of like his his little his little inner light was that he got to have that life, you know. Do you know what? That is such a good. I'd not thought of that, yeah. but that is exactly what that is. Right. He Ugh. he's lived the life he never would have gotten to live. 
Oh my god! Uh, and three years seems such a short time. I wish it had longer. Yeah. I wish they just said fifteen right. years. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, but yeah, the, and yeah. I love that there's just that little that little tidbit in the middle of this episode that that that's such a huge implications like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like that was yeah. just one more thing they tried to like learn about the planet. You know, it's just and like it one worked, he, he sub, came back having of trying to com- get committed know. things to memory. He'd learned yeah, things. He knew yeah. the people. He knew the planet. And then right. later on, he has that conversation with Katana Retz about the, 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 sport. The, the sport, whatever sport. <laughs> they're playing sports ball, and he was they were complaining about the teams, and he was saying how he'd <laughs> he seen the, his grandfather <laughs> play. That, that is wonderful. And if like he'd found a home, like if yeah. if he hadn't been on Voyager. He'd have lived there. That'd have been right. his home, and he'd have been happy. Oh my god! Ah, oh, the implications. I love it. I know. I know. Yeah, definitely getting my point there. Okay. So we have a grand total. We <gasps> I mean, we have a winner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So blink of an eye has seven, and wink of an eye has three. So, so wink of an eye yeah. an early lead, but. <laughs> I think, in fairness, the best episode came out on top. Yeah, that that's about sounds about right to me. And these episodes, because we often say that the episodes work really well together, and I'd say these episodes they they have a common theme, but they don't necessarily you don't necessarily benefit one from the other. But there mm-hmm. are the little nods that you know they are aware they're referencing the previous episode, but it's only very minor, right? But uh, you know we should we can't celebrate Blink of an Eye enough because it is yeah. so 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 good, oh, and you yeah. just want you want all Star Trek to be that good, right? And uh, yeah, oh, and I just love I just love it that they, you know they they, it's obviously in an homage they they obviously they they took they took the the sci fi conceit from Wink of an Eye. And used it to create a whole new genre of story. <laughs> yeah, and and it was oh, so beautiful. And it came and I think from this, that. Is, this is what you'd hope for the sort of modern Star Trek, isn't it? That yes. you know, just because they've done an idea in one way before doesn't mean they can't do it again and just make it bigger and better. Right. Because I do think that's what they did with say magic that makes the sanest man go mad. Yes. they took an idea that's already been used. Yeah. And they just played with it in such a way and made it work really well. And they made it a modern TV show, a TV episode, which was really, really good and really right. well received, and but fit perfectly within the, the story narrative of Discovery. Blink of an Eye is such a Voyager episode. Yes. You know? like they, because they, they, they push that high concept sci fi. Yeah, yeah. You were on the Trek Ranks high concept sci fi episode, weren't you? I did for Enterprise, high concept. For Enterprise, Enterprise, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and and they did. They they had some really good science fiction ideas. Yeah, you know, Voyager really so solid. Like Voyager was the best. They they did it so well. And I um, remember too, like that's how, that, like when Voyager was out, and and you know, I remember like I would I would read, you know, I would read, you know, scientific books like the the you know, that would come out around that same time. And it's like, oh, they're reading the same stuff I am. Like, they're, you know, these are the concepts that are, like, right on the cutting edge of what, you know what I mean? Of, like... Isn't that like, nice I, that sci-fi authors c- a c- care about science? Yeah. Like, yes. 
exactly. they are taking yeah. ideas which are really happening and then moving them into well what if this what if that have you considered this have you considered that and that's where that's what's great about science fiction because it not just takes mm-hmm. ideas and you know uses them to tell interesting stories but it also creates ideas that people then strive towards right. and try and figure out well is that is that even possible could we do that no. I, I love it and that's why science fiction's the best the no, best I, genre agreed <laughs> Well, this has oh, been a real loving for sci-fi. Oh, so we've, we've, we've really, we've really been like, I love Star Trek. I love science fiction. It's just the best. And that's pretty much the the uh, whole basis of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah, I'm saying, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, rounds we would have re- rounds we would have won. Go on. Then. Oh my! Well, uh, I just go ahead. You had you mentioned the best explanation for time dilation was the uh, volcanically contaminated water, which is <laughs> which is a really weird idea. Um, which caused time dilation and male sterility. Apparently, <laughs> apparently only male, well, only to the men. Hand, hand in glove, those two things. Hand in glove. They, they, that is always going to happen. But you know, perhaps the planet had a tachyon core. See. And they- uh, the, the planet in Blink of an Eye has a tachyon core that creates a differential in space-time, meaning that time passes more quickly for it. Maybe there's some tachyons at the centre of uh, Scalosia. Scalos or Scalosia? Scalos, they call Scalos. it. Scalos. Yeah. Maybe there's some tachyons, and that's just, you know, fired up by the volcano, and it just causes all sorts of trouble with the, the water table. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think Blink and I would have won there because because it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit more techno babbly, isn't it? It, yeah, it makes yeah, it sort of nicely works. It, it makes techno babble sense at least, like, like at least they tried. <laughs> you know? but, but but TOS was was always more a little bit like, oh, we'll just come up with some reason. Oh and then, yeah, just oh, it was the volcano. God, those dangerous volcanoes. Right. <laughs> they care. TOS cares less about the the why, is more of just exploring the what if. Of, yes. of of the kind of concepts, you know, it's like what if there's the, these aliens that have time dilation and they don't care like why they got that way, you know? Versus no. there's like there was always a little bit more interested in in the like, well, how did this planet end up the way it is? And that's why they, they even have like Naomi Wildman doing a report on it. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I love I love the look of the planet as well because it looks yeah, it doesn't look planet. like a planet. Yeah, it looks, <laughs> there's more of a donut shape to yeah. it, and I often. You know, often think out in out in the Delta Quadrant, maybe planets around, but maybe they'd experience other shapes and other oh. other ideas of what could be a planet. Mm. Um, but we'd never pushed. To, I don't think Star Trek ever really pushes too deep to on that. Everywhere <laughs> they go, it's mostly round. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah, and, and we also talked about the fact that it, well, the best quoting of the title. Because but they, we hear the title names in both of these episodes. <laughs> they name drop the title. That that, that happens fun. occasionally in the Star Trek episodes. But I, and I think Blink of an Eye did it purposefully to nod to Wink of an Eye. That you yes. know, which I thought was another cool. Like they had two really cool little subtle ways to nod to the the to Wink of an Eye that came before it. You know, I thought it was cool. The yeah. coffee, the coffee, and and the <laughs> the name dropping. Um, but in, in Wink of an Eye, um, it, it's uh, Dila says it, uh, you know, when she's explaining to, to Kirk what's, what's going on. What have you done? Changed you. So you are like me now. Your crew cannot see you or any of us 
because of the acceleration. We move in the wink of an eye. Well, there is a scientific explanation for it. But all that really matters is that you can see me and talk to me. And we can go on from there. It's nice. It's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice thing to say. Did they think of the title first or think of the title after they wrote that line? And uh, similarly, uh, this is very early on in the Voyager episode when they realise they're stuck in the planet and Chakotay's trying to gather information. There's this great scene where they see the seasons rippling across the planet yeah. as vegetation grows and blooms. Um, and they, every day on Voyager is uh, a minute on the planet. Scan for inhabitants. I can't isolate individual life forms. It'll take time to correct for the space-time differential. A couple of hundred years, maybe? If our orbit starts to decay, Voyager will begin to feel the effects of the differential and will begin aging hundreds of times faster than we would in normal space. Unless we want to live our lives in the blink of an eye, I suggest we find a way out of here. And it just shows what, you know, she can just take weird stuff on the chin. She just rolls up her sleeves gets the job done because she's such a badass. Yeah, she's like, she's like, well, this is our next challenge. Let's figure it out yeah. and be on our way. <laughs> and I suppose at that point, they haven't, there's no personal involvement. It's just a strange problem, which they're going to have to try and deal with. And then they become intertwined into the planet's history, making it personal for the entire planet and for them. That's why it's such a wonderful episode. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. All right. I think I think that I think we're good. I think we've done it. I think we've decided. <laughs> uh, next episode, what are we doing? What are we going to go for? Good. Now that we've finished with the old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting. Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. On the next episode of Snap Trek, we find ourselves stranded in an alien planet with a hostile alien species with whom we have to find a way to work together as we compare Enterprise's Dawn with the next generation's The Enemy. Mm. Oh, my. That should be interesting. That is going to be a good episode. I mean, I'm already excited about this. <laughs> right. All right. Jen, it's been lovely to speak to you again, as ever. You too, Ross, and, and thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. And, um, you know, let us know if you have any feedback. And that, that's it. Thanks. That's a royal fizzbin. When I was a young child, the toys hanging above my crib depicted the sky ship. It's the first thing I ever remember seeing, even before my mother's face. And now I'm the only one that knows its name. Voyager. I suppose it'll be the last thing I see as well. Well, it's up to you. I have no intention of keeping you here against your will. The doctor spent some time on your planet collecting data that we hoped would help us find a way to leave orbit. We need you to assist us in interpreting that information. However, the longer you stay on board, the more difficult it will be for you to go home. Your culture is changing every second you're here. By the time you go back, you might find it more alien than ours. 
Star of the night, star of the day, come to take my tears away. Make my life always bright. It's a child's prayer. To Voyager? Yes. I hope you're not disappointed. How often does your very first dream come true? Of course I'll help you.